Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Average Joe Music Show. We're all three here today getting ready to talk to you about some of our favorite electronic music. Um, and Garrett and Cam, this was, I think, quite a fun and exciting week of of music or several weeks of music as we do these kind of every other week. And sometimes we get to them every week, sometimes we don't. Um, but I I really liked that we had a lot of... we, we ended up doing this one a little bit later than we usually do had a week off and um i really like that we were able to um have a little bit more time with this one because it was fun to kind of soak up a little bit more of these albums because every artist that we talked about i kind of have like a pretty close and uh, i'd say lucky relationship with um and uh but yeah, I I'm really excited to dig into this topic. How are you guys been for the week? Everything going good? I know I got my vaccine. Cam, you got your vaccine yes. a, a week ago, and this is if for the future people listening to this, this is still COVID era. And uh, Garrett <laughs> is headed to get his vaccine on Thursday, so we're all pretty stoked on that. And um, we were having a pretty long conversation about that before beginning, so um yeah how are you guys feeling well yeah i mean i think pretty soon here you know a few more weeks and we might be able to do this in person for real that would be amazing <laughs> it's exciting it kind of feels like this is all coming to an end <laughs> finally <laughs> yeah exactly and and it feels uh you know i i think we're we're starting to really master the art of zoom and and i'm sure that also goes with um uh I know we've all, if we're not currently, all have worked at home. And so we all have been able to kind of figure out how that works. But even a year in, it's still a struggle. But I think within the podcast, we've done fairly well at keeping each other uh, in check and everything. <laughs> but as far as the music this week, I, you know, I think for all three of us, electronic music really has a very special place in each one of our hearts. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know you can have kind of talked about in past episodes how maybe at a time in your life you were somewhat bashful or shameful to tell some of your punk friends that you were into this stuff. But I think <laughs> nowadays you wouldn't have any trouble with that. Um, uh, and Garrett, you're kind of like, I kind of see you as, and to correct me if I'm wrong, an uh, uh, electronic music connoisseur. Uh, and, and, and yourself making music, shout out to the, the intro music and the, you know, the side, the bumper music that we have, you, you've worked on that for us. And, and I know during, you know, parts of quarantine, you were making quite a few beats every day. So, uh, I know that both of you guys and myself included have all kind of been surrounded by this music for me. I, I grew up with it cause my dad was really into that music because it was kind of fresh and and new as as i was growing up you know and so i grew up listening to i remember dancing to the chemical brothers song um the sunshine underground and then my dad had these mixed cds for the car of and there's aphex twin on there and i mean who was square pusher whoever else you know um so i just it was i was always surrounded by it um and I know you guys probably have had very, you know, maybe 
similar experiences or different experiences, but at some point in our lives, this music had very huge impact on us. Yeah, it's just kind of like this wide encompassing thing, like the umbrella of electronic music is it can obviously be so many things. Um, I think the reason it's been so exciting for a while, just as far as, you know, being new and interesting and different is it kind of it's one of the I feel like maybe in the 80s, the 90s, um, it was more um guitars and stuff like that were what were accessible so it's like if you had a guitar you could make music um where i think now it's a little bit more if you have a computer you can make music and you can like right a lot of them you know a lot of stuff we're hearing on the radio now even you know is made in somebody's bedroom <laughs> or like their yep. garage or whatever um uh and that's been the case for a while but i think um it's just uh it's why it's uh it's why it's a cool genre is um i think it there's not really cultural bounds to it i think every culture has its own kind of flavors of electronic music definitely and i think that um at the same time it's it's so vast it might have even become you know oversaturated but those guys that like really make an impression they they hit hard and they they really you know make some incredible music um, I think we're going to talk about what's great about uh, every time we do these. And I've said this every time, but we really have a really good representation of, um, a lot of different genres. We can go, we're going from ambient to like dance club kind of music trance to experimental, um, kind of jazz tronica. I don't love that, that word. Uh, cause I feel like a lot of jazz tronic. Uh, Jazztronic Tronica gets kind of like corny or cheesy, especially if you're going to pull up that playlist on Spotify. And I would not want to f- uh, float Flying Lotus in that that area because, but he really has mastered like jazz samples. Um, and I, I'm really excited to talk about that album. Um, yeah, I think we have a really fun representation and I, I'm really excited to kind of hear like where we all came from on this. And with that, we're, we're going to go in that order. Uh, it start with the ambient kind of, uh, drone music, uh, which was my choice. And I'm feeling kind of like, geez, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've chosen some pretty, uh, off. I, I feel like I chose kind of an off the wall album for this one but what i try to do is whenever we have these topics and we select them i try to go with the first thing that comes into my mind and i don't know why but this album which is um b lustermond and uh robert rich stalker uh it's inspired by this russian movie called stalker which i saw when i was in film school at the university of utah and that movie blew my mind and so when i found out when i saw the title i was like that's kind of and I heard the music. I said, ah, this has got to be related. And when I looked it up on, on uh, Robert Rich's website, it was inspired by that film. And I think it fits that film's aesthetic so perfectly. And I just fell in love with it for that reason. But also because I really am a fan of this music sometimes. Um, if I'm just kind of feeling, yeah, I don't know, if you're feeling kind of empty or um, <laughs> uh, just kind of, there's just a mood that, 
it just fits that perfectly. Like sometimes I just want to get lost in a soundscape like that. And this album is one of those. I, I, Robert Rich is a guy that my dad has shown me a long, oh, like years ago and he's always kind of blown my mind. But this album, when I found out what it was about, it was like, oh man, that is so cool. Um, and I was just, I, I just fell in love with it. Like I said, immediately. And I think it, like, I, I really do think it represents that movie and the aesthetic and the, the feel of that movie. Even if you just go watch the trailer on YouTube and then you listen to a few songs from this album, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, it was definitely an off the wall pick, Creighton. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's really and I don't cool. want to seem pretentious by that, but I, because I, <laughs> no. I don't, I'm really not. You know, my dad was the one who was like, "You should check this out." You know, sometimes I put this on when I sleep or whatever. And uh, but and your dad's it, also a vampire. You know, <laughs> apparently, yeah. yeah. I, we go out at night and and listen to this, and we we drive around the streets and you know look for our, our next victim. But no. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Cam. I'm glad you thought it was was cool. I feel like a lot of my picks have been uh, kind of left of center from from Cam's opinion. So I'm I've, I'm glad to hear you liked this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was reading about his stuff, and it was saying that he had like recorded in like graveyards and caves and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I did Weird not dude. really do that kind of research, but I was gonna say. Um, you can hear a lot of just like pretty obvious field recordings in this. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of um, bird sounds occasionally and kind of like I, I want to say just like leaves and brush and just kind of really organic sounding like, yeah, field recording type stuff. In a different way, though, the um, the the musical ideas, I think, are really subtle, like uh, drone is definitely a really good way to put it where you get kind of a lot of these sort of single tones or maybe even a chord, but like that just kind of build and it's just sort of this, it's going to sound like a bad thing, but it's almost, um, this kind of falls in that ambient category of a haunted house noises CD or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's just kind of like really spacey sounding kind of musically minimal but um, really, uh, just really, um, it conjures a lot of imagery, I guess. It feels like it should be the score for a movie, like yeah. some yeah. old French or something. Like, like it's it has a very kind of old horror movie aesthetic to it. Uh, yeah, which I, I would say Stalker is definitely, it's not your typical horror movie, but it's definitely very uh unnerving the whole movie is very unnerving if you see it i don't know if either you guys were able to see it or some clips online but i mean there's this part where it's basically it's in in, i mean even to this day like i need to see the movie again uh because i'm still confounded by the plot but you know this guy has to take people to this you know i can't remember what they call it but like the it's like the something zone and um like there was some kind of like nuclear something that happened there. And there's kind of just this, you have to be taken by a stalker. And, uh, he 
leads you through this place and there's like this one scene where he's like kind of throwing um these bags into like these piles of sand because they want to make sure that they're not going to get blown to pieces by walking through there um and because there could be mines or some other kind of thing in there and it's just like so suspenseful and i feel that that this this album definitely has that feel like you could I mean, very closely what you said, Garrett, you could definitely put this album on during Halloween while you have your, you know, your haunted house and everything. And uh, it would work pretty well for that. Um, it was I, I, I found it was also kind of surprisingly um, fun to listen to for a lot of other reasons. Um, one being I find a lot more these days, especially when I'm working and stuff. I have a really hard time listening to like new music as much as i used to i find that if i'm working and i'm trying to like also absorb something a little bit i i just i can't do it i sort of have to do one or the other um right uh, but i found that this was something that uh i could very easily listen to while i worked um we've uh my uh fence in my backyard has been broken so i've been taking my dog on walks several times a day and just kind of like walking around the neighborhood at night in the dark with just like spooky noises <laughs> playing is really great yeah yeah and i i have some i'm gonna bring this up obviously at the end like we usually do but i have some great additional listening um some that's much lighter and uh, for ambient drone kind of music and some that's along the same vein um, that hopefully you guys can check out and uh, also, um, you know, be able to walk your dog to at night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, totally. Because, yeah, it's um, my dad has definitely been a, a really big. Uh, he's really been into this kind of stuff for a while and really has found his way around some of the greatest artists in this genre i think and passed a lot of that down to me um and i've been able to kind of dig through some of their stuff that i really like and a lot of it is inspired by other things that i really like so i'll get more into that as we move on um but now we're gonna we're gonna move i want to move to cam's pick uh which was bt uh a guy which i'm also a pretty big fan of um i didn't really find out about him which he was really big back uh in the 2000s but i didn't really find out about him until like the you know 2010s um because i i was just my uh, you know my dad at the same time I, I keep bringing him up but he was really big into electronic music and so he passed a lot of this on to me and i remember um he had kind of like a file of some bt music i don't think it was necessarily a specific album but i really dug a lot of this stuff and um the album cover cam is just so 2000 you're gonna i mean it is just uh the bt i will say one thing about him is he has not had the best hair choices throughout his career but um he looks exactly like um taron killam from big fat liar he's the bully in big fat liar looks exactly like that guy and i'm gonna post a like side by side when we when we post this episode because it's just hilarious when i saw the the cover but this is one of those this is definitely one of those albums that you don't want to judge by the color because man it it's it's awesome it's it's really enjoyable very dancey and just 
I mean, just a lot of fun. It's a complete 180 from what we just talked about. So, um, yeah. Anyways, Cam, what, what, why did you choose this? I, I know you've told me before you're, you're big in the BT and we've had conversations about that, but, um, this album in particular, what was special about this one? Um, well, yeah, this album was kind of my, uh, gateway into the electronic stuff. Um, I think nice. the way that I had kind of gotten into this one was that, uh, never going to come back down was on the, I want to say gone in 60 seconds soundtrack. Um, yeah, I, it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I just remember like watching that movie and being like, Oh man, like that song is awesome. You know? And it's like back then you had yeah. to like, you know, like there was, there was internet, but it kind of sucked and you kind of had to do a little bit of homework to figure out what it was. And oh, yeah, you know, totally. kind of do a little detective work, but I, I went down to the store and bought this album. Um, because of that song, you know, and then that kind of, um, like, Man, I just pulled up that gone in 60 soundtrack, gone in 60 seconds soundtrack. It is on there. And so is a bunch of other really good stuff. I forgot about like Moby <laughs> and Apollo 440 oh, yeah. and like chemical brothers. That's sick. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it was kind of that, that same time period when like Mo- Moby was pretty big and, um, you know, I think he's definitely on par with Moby. Um, but, Chemical uh, Brothers too are huge. Yeah, but still are. I mean, they're still producing music that's getting played. And uh, I mean, that I was hearing when I was working at Nordstrom f- a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're still in really high demand for like music festivals and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just the interesting thing about this album is, um it's kind of a grab bag. Like there's really a little bit of everything in there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think like if you had to sum up BT, you would probably say he's a trance artist. Um, right. But this album, like he's moved into soundtracks though lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's done, um, you know, a lot of composition stuff. Um, like, wh- I think I had heard the other day that he holds um, a couple of different patents even for um, these kind of specialized like voice sampling techniques that he's developed and stuff um, that are his proprietary uh, systems that he's even been able to patent. Um, And uh, I was just kind of digging into his bio a little bit more, um, you know, in preparation for this episode. And they were saying that, uh, he, you know, I mean, he's like fully like classically trained, um, artist. you know, I mean, he went to like Berkeley, uh, you know, the music school in, in, uh, Maryland. Um, and he's like, he plays the guitar, he plays, you know, the keyboard, the drums, like all the instruments, you know, so he's, um, definitely like a prodigy <laughs> and, um, is pretty well set up to be a, a producer. And, you know, I think that's kind of what we're seeing with all of the soundtrack work and stuff. And then when you just see the list of like everybody that he's worked with, um, like people that he's written songs for and stuff, um, it was pretty impressive. And I, I think he just kind of flies under the radar. You don't hear about him as much as, as some of the other people like from that era, but, um, definitely not. 
Uh, but yeah, I think like this album shows that versatility. Like he's got, you know, he's got like breakbeat stuff. He's got hip hop on here. Uh, some of the more kind of progressive trance stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a little bit of everything. Like I think some people criticize this album for being a little bit too like all over the place or trying to be some kind of crossover thing. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I like the variety and I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's something you can just put on and just kind of get a little bit of everything instead of like, one really long trance album that just keeps going and going, you know? There is definitely a pretty, uh, there's a pretty large amount of variety. I would say um, there are a couple of songs in particular that caught my ears just being kind of not really like, you know, one of these is not like the other kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Let me see, looking through it. I remember Satellite was kind of one of those. Um, what's the other one I'm looking for? Da, da, da. I have a pulled up the wrong version of this. Uh, Shame is one. Um, Satellite was one. Godspeed, maybe even a little bit. Um, there's a couple of songs that are like pretty much full on like pop productions almost. Uh, yeah, with, yeah, uh, complete uh, with guitars. Never gonna come back down. Yeah, like they could almost be like, um, early cold play b-sides or something like that yeah um yeah i mean it, you kind of see like after this album he came out um with these help i think it was these hopeful machines might have been the next one um and that one is a lot more cohesive and i think he even got like nominated for a grammy for that one um but it's definitely like you can tell that he took like satellite and dreaming and that stuff that kind of becomes his trademark um sound for the future you know like you can see that he's kind of this one's a little bit more developmental for him you know yeah definitely um definitely a lot of the breakbeat stuff in particular um really i really liked um there's just some of those uh yeah, never gonna come back down. I'd say is probably like the big one. Um, uh, really has that like kind of late '90s uh, electronic kind of club sound to it. Yeah, and I definitely. I'm a huge Soul Coughing fan. You know, Mike Doty. Yeah, is, uh, <laughs> I, totally. I yeah, I love that song. But you you know, like you guys were saying earlier, you can kind of if you follow the album covers just uh follow the hairstyle and you can see the progression you know <laughs> no definitely <laughs> yeah, um... that, and i would just say like i i really want to emphasize that like um i would not be don't don't judge this one by its cover uh it's it's definitely a lot more uh fun than it it may come across um, it definitely looks but, like some sort of in sync cover or something yeah, like that. It it does. Um you, you you might look at it and think, oh, I'm getting into some kind of, you know, Backstreet Boys, Boy Eric thing, Carter yeah. kind of uh you know <laughs> wannabe, but it's it's not that at all. Um it it does sound of the era and um but it's it's not it's not like that. Um and you will I think a lot of people will, you know, and I think another thing to say about this too is 
for this kind you know electronic music uh it was i mean it was it was getting big back then but it was kind of more among the um it was definitely more among the you know the people that were really into music it wasn't so much in like the scene you know like the popular scene at the time and so i think that um I I think that if people were to go back and listen to this now, they'd be like, "Oh wow! Like this came out back then. Like uh, this is this is a very enjoyable. You know, I didn't realize. You know, this kind of a lot of people might not realize. You know, how far like those kind of songs were really being produced, and uh, w- w- you know, like it, as though it does sound of that era. There's still it definitely brought forth the future. I would have to say. You know, this this his. I would say BT was in that that mix of artists that we were actually just talking about that were featured on the film, you know, that, you know, inspired what what was to come. If 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 I might, you know, sound so, you know, broad or profound, whatever. Yeah, like when you look at the stuff that was, you know, within the electronic scene, you know, from the late 90s, like it was very like very repetitive trance um not as much like sampling stuff going on um so i think this is kind of this a step in that like pop direction or um you know it's kind of a step away from what you would normally listen to but i think it was a step towards the future you know like um, yeah it was a, a step in the good direction and I just appreciate the experimentation that he was doing. And, um, ultimately I, I, I think I appreciate some of his newer albums better, but I, you yeah. can see, uh, why this album was important and is important to me because that was kind of my first electronic yeah. album and going from, you know, but hardcore punk to, this guy that looks like he's in NSYNC, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. buying that down at the record store for me, it was a big leap. Um, you know, kind of a, you're like, can you put that in a brown pig brissac, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, it's one uh, thing that I wanted. Go ahead, Garrett. It's, um, I was just going to, the one other thing I wanted to add is it's just, um, I think it's so often a given now that we're like, Oh yeah, you know, tons of uh, like uh, trap in electronic music has been such a big thing for a while. I think it's such a given now, like incorporating a lot of hip hop elements into electronic music. But this was still during the time when like a handful of people were doing that, and it was really experimental <laughs> and like kind yeah. of niche, and you know, mostly for like raves and kind of like uh, clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I one it, one thing that I thought so I actually found one like little uh, fun thing I found out about BT from our one of our other episodes, our um, first musical memory, is that him and uh, Peter Gabriel actually did an album together, but it was lost, and <laughs> uh, they weren't. I, so I think. BT's house or his studio caught fire and all of the uh, recordings were were lost and I was just like well that's that was quite a shame and I think that also speaks to how experimental this was at the time because Peter Gabriel's not a guy who just goes and works with the 
you know, the next pop musician to come along. You know, I would have to, you know, I mean, you hear if if you went and listened to that Peter Gabriel three, you you know what we're talking about. But um, I thought that was just kind of a fun side note. And when Cam chose BT, I was like, I got to throw that out there. <laughs> yep, I noticed yeah. that as well, and I was hoping you might have mentioned that. So that's pretty yeah, cool. and I think uh, he'd done a lot of stuff with Tom York as well. Um, I know you guys are both big Radiohead fans. So. I think I saw that. Yeah, um, I did not realize that. I mean, I we're actually going to talk about another guy that worked with Tom York here in a minute, and uh, that was, uh, but uh, yeah, I've Tom York had his hands in so much. Ele- I feel like a lot of electronic artists. Um, at the time we're like oh he likes electronic music we should get him on one of our songs because he was so big into that music at the time um i i don't want to go into that because if i start talking on yeah, radio it will go on way. way too long <laughs> yeah so um that's for another day yeah. but uh <laughs> but yeah that's cool i'll have to figure that out because i did not know that cam so i'm gonna have to go dig deep into where that might be located uh which i think is a great segue into flying lotus and garrett's choice uh which is flying lotus's cosmogramma am i saying that right or is it gamma it's grandma right cosmogramma yeah i think that's cosmogramma okay i always forget if the r is in there or not but (laughs) man this album dude is just I, Flying Lotus is one of my favorite artists, and I don't think a lot of people would know that because I, I probably don't bring him up as much as I should. But he's really one of the guys to me that when I started with electronic, well, not when I started with electronic music, because like I said, I've really been hearing this music for a long time. But when I really started to dig into it and find stuff that I really enjoyed, he was one of those guys. My dad had this file on his computer that was like all of his, you know, top picks of like electronic music, and I, you could kind of select from artist to artist and he had like like some flying lotus not a ton but he kind of had these picks and somehow there's this random like dj set in there that he did um for a radio show and i remember hearing that and being like whoa like it just kind of blew my mind and cosmo grandma garrett is one of those ones that for some reason i kind of forget about but it's just so good like i was actually thinking of choosing uh, when I was backpedaling on my choice, I was I was wanting to choose a Flying Lotus album, but I thought, no, Garrett's going to throw one. I feel like Garrett's <laughs> going to throw one in there because I know how big of a fan you are. And so I was kind of like hesitant to do it, but I was probably going to choose like Until the Quiet Comes or You're Dead because I, those were like, I really enjoy those ones. But then like when you chose this one, I was like, oh man, this one is just like... I was so happy to go back and just really dig into this one more um, because I just, I don't know. There's something so special to me about Flying Lotus and I don't know. I can't even tell you exactly why. I think it's maybe his use of electronics with um, organic samples and, and instruments and using all these features that I love, such as Tom York. And contrary to probably much of my friends and people who knows me, popular belief, Flying Lotus, was, I, I didn't find out about him through Tom York, and I know a lot of people are probably not going to believe me, and that's okay, but it really was through that, that one radio DJ session that he did that I was just like, wow, and then when I found out that Tom York was a part of this stuff, oh man, I was just all that much more happy. 
Um, yeah, I think I would have found this uh, around the time it came out because of, um, I think, for one, at that time, he was doing a bunch of uh, these little, like, bumper transitions for Adult Swim with just, like, these really blown out, like, freaky sounding, just kind of modular <laughs> synthesis yeah. loops. Um, and then... Uh, he was also uh, supporting Radiohead on um, a tour that they did in the States uh, 2010 as well. Um, so I think it was kind of inevitable that I was going to find him. But um, I kind of, there's a couple of major things I really like about this album. Um, uh, you did mention actually, uh, it's, it is almost hard to pick one cause I am such a big fan. You are dead is also incredible until the quiet comes, I think is highly underrated in his discography is just kind of like a more muted sort of subtle. Uh, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I love the album cover on until oh, the quiet comes. There's yeah. something that just like grabs you about that thing. It's mm -hmm. just like, like, wow, like what, what's going on there? But it, and it, you, it's kind of one of those things where um, it really depicts the album well. Uh, like you said, muted. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great word for it. Um, and uh, this one, Cosmogramma, I had to go with because it was just kind of the first one I found going in. It sort of hmm. stands a little bit alone in his discography of it's a little bit of a step forward from his more kind of I would say, even though experimental, like some of his earlier work, um, Los Angeles 1983, are kind of like more, I guess you'd classify as like beat tapes or like beat music, where I think this uh, marks a little bit of a transition uh, for him into something that's a little bit, uh, just a little bit more. It's, uh, it's hard to describe. It's a really good in between place for me if i like if you're kind of into electronic music and you needed a couple of good reference points for his music i would say it's somewhere in between um what like a lot of la um electronic music from this scene that this music comes from um a lot of the percussion and drums uh exist as sort of like um, they're, they're super inspired by Jay Dilla. Uh, it, and if you don't know Jay Dilla's music, he was just a, um, he was an incredibly important, uh, producer musician just for hip hop music in general. If you're curious about this a little bit more, there is a really great Red Bull Academy interview with Questlove from The Roots. Um, where at one point he walks over and he gets on his drum kit and he kind of like explains this is what makes Jay Dilla drums so important. And it's this sort of like, it's just sort of a sloppy, choppy kind of, um, it's making uh, programmed drums just sound kind of more human and a little bit sloppy on purpose. Um, this music is somewhere in between that and I think just a lot of the really bizarre sound design stuff that you get from Aphex Twin, who um, I don't think uh, this will be the last time we mention him and definitely a big fan. Um, you can't, you just can't really talk too much about electronic music or modern music in too many ways without eventually coming back to Aphex Twin because he just 
It's impossible. He opened a lot of doors, and his music still sounds so freaky and, like, otherworldly. He just, he made a lot of that possible. And I think this is just kind of, like, a good confluence of those two things of, like, really interesting sound design and kind of, like, synthetic textures. Um, But these really huge, like processed um punchy sounding drum sounds the mixing of this thing is so wild to me and is one of the things that kind of like i think it if i take a break from it and i haven't listened to it in a while when i come back almost the first thing that gets me every time is it's like it's it's so compressed and so loud and just like yeah i would Uh, A lot of the time, I think that that can be a harmful thing for your music, because if you think about it in like what I'm talking about is essentially if you have like a spectrum of, you know, low frequencies to high frequencies, what makes a sound sound the way it sounds is like all of the different volumes of those frequencies. And when you're compressing music, a lot of the time what you're doing is you're flattening all of those out. So all of the frequencies across the band are kind of at a similar volume, which gives you the ability to raise the volume of the whole thing without, you know, only getting certain parts, certain lap really super loud, if that makes sense. Um, It's just, it does so many of these things and it still sounds so wild and modern to me, incorporates a lot of these jazz elements. As you mentioned, like, Jazz tronica isn't necessarily one of my favorite terms either. Another one that gets applied to Flying Lotus a lot that I don't care for, um, or Aphex Twin for that matter, is um, I don't like IDM. It's a genre that's yeah. very, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of pretentious. But um, I, I mean, I think that d- that's that's a way you can describe this. Like it's um, it's weird. Like it's definitely. Um, beats and kind of like recognizable hip-hop music and house music and um yeah even i'd say jazz and um, another interesting thing about him is that he comes from uh his aunt is alice coltrane who is married to john coltrane and he comes from kind of like royalty that way a little bit um also definitely definitely check out uh any Alice Coltrane you can if you ever uh, get the chance. I, he was sort of my... Uh, Flying Lotus was my window to a lot of things. I would definitely throw Alice Coltrane in there. Um, I kind of always tend to check out her stuff. Um, she had an album come out just a couple of years ago, actually, that I really liked called The Ecstatic Music of Alice Coltrane, which is like... She's she's doing some whole thing, or I think has been doing a thing for a while where she's like some sort of guru type figure now, and I think it's somehow tied into that, but it's like um, you can see the influence he took uh, from his family as far as like some of the jazz and some of like the Eastern music and kind of like... Definitely. Like a little less traditionally Western music. Um yeah. But uh, I just, this is one that I really can't 
seem to ever get away from completely. I always kind of come back to it. I like all of his other music as well. I would also like, yeah. if you like this. I can't get away from any of it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's all awesome. I actually really liked um, his brand new one uh, that came out a couple of years ago, uh, Flamegra. Um, yeah, sound, that one took me a couple listens, but sounds more similar uh, to Cosmogramma than I would say any of his other yeah. stuff. Um, so if you're into that thing, there's a really awesome um, track with uh, David Lynch, where it's just kind of like it sounds like just like a tossed away David Lynch script that he's reading or something. It just kind of fits the whole vibe so perfectly because. There is like a little bit of a spooky element, I think, to this music as well. Is it does somebody once described the um, Flying Lotus and actually somebody else who I'm gonna throw in as a recommendation is kind of like, yeah, like haunted music a little bit because <laughs> there is sort of like, um, I I know just from interviews I've seen um, Flylo do he talks a lot about how the inspiration for his music is. Um, you know, oftentimes around like uh, lucid dreaming and um, kind of like out of out of body experiences and just kind of weird psychedelic experiences he's had. Um, yeah. And it it definitely <laughs> kind of captures, I think, that um, there it feels like music from outer space or something. <laughs> this and, you know, the cover looks like. um I don't know how you say his name, um, but Hieromus Bosch's uh, Garden of Earthly Delights painting, yeah. but futuristic. That's what <laughs> that's like the first thing that I thought of when I saw that. Yeah, totally. Um, it's uh, which which yeah, gives I, it a good a good uh, intro to that hauntedness. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's uh, it's, man. I could I could go on forever. Like the the rest of his catalog is is also really worth digging into if um, if you enjoy this pick. Like we mentioned, um, I think You're Dead is also it's that's oh man, they're all good. You're Dead is really interesting, um, where it kind of incorporates a lot of um, I think like proggy guitar elements and um, oh man. Cam, was this a new one for you? Have you heard this one before? Yeah, I had heard a little bit of Flying Lotus, but I hadn't listened to this album at all. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it was definitely um, newer to me. Um, I hadn't listened to a lot of stuff in this kind of corner of electronic. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just kind of laying on the sofa relaxing while I was listening to this one and the best really way good, to enjoy you know? it like, man um but yeah it's funny i was just sitting there and um i think at one point he uses a sample of like an air hockey table and uh, oh yeah, no the like, ping pong table yep or something because i was like what the like because i kept taking my headphones out because i thought my kids were playing because we had an air <laughs> hockey table downstairs like so kept kind of that's awesome <laughs> like what yeah i i completely agree um uh, i mean we could geek out about this album forever. I know, I know, I could, and I'm, I'm sure you can, Garrett. And I'm glad, Cam, that you enjoyed it. I know I've talked to you, Cam, about the uh, Flying Lotus maybe a few times before in the past. Um, I'm glad that we were able to talk about this one because, yeah, I just—he's just such a fun guy to follow. Like, 
you you and just if like I said, you'll find someone you like. Go listen to that song. I guarantee you it'll catch your attention and then you know, find your way into the rest of his music. Um, whether that's through Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Tom York, and I mean, just like Thundercat. I mean, he's just like on like he's touching all these artists from all these genres. It's just mind blowing, you know, like it's just crazy, you know, how vast his world is. I don't think this is a, the last time we'll also talk about Flying Lotus. Um, he, he'll definitely come up, whether it's in minis or whether it's in another episode soon to come because he's got some great work um and definitely deserves more more praise i i think um and i i think we'll we'll call it there but kind of talk about some of our 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 other picks or things i think that this playlist is going to be great because i i know at least for me like i'm just going to kind of throw a lot of things in there because i I did choose the drone music and I have a lot of other like fun flying Lotus BT type style stuff that I want to throw in this playlist. And I think for this playlist, it's just going to kind of be us just, you know, throwing a bunch of random electronic music that we really love um, there. And so I, I don't want to go overboard too much with our, our extra picks on this one, because I think a lot of that will be featured on the, the playlist because we could probably go on forever um but so look out for that but i wanted to just highlight a couple of other uh ambient drone people to check out there's a uh, guy named steve roach who my dad also and he's worked with robert rich but my dad also showed me and uh the one that caught my attention was his album desert solitaire which is also based off of the book desert solitaire by edward abbey um if you haven't read that book it's awesome it talks about edward abbey's time in arches national park before it was a national park he was kind of the caretaker and all these adventures and stuff that he went on over there he's the author of the the monkey wrench gang which is a really big book especially here over in like utah arizona area um because it covers a lot of that i he's one of my favorite authors so when i saw desert solitary i said okay what's going on with this and once again inspired by that book and i was just thought it's it's definitely very different from stalker um but it's really cool and a lot of fun to check out and a lot of his stuff is really fun to check out um he uses a lot of utah landmarks as inspiration for his music steve roach and robert rich as well and um i i'd have to say that uh you could just dig into Robert Rich's discography. I mean, they have so these ambient artists have so much music that you could just really jump in anywhere, and uh, it'd be either a really good night's sleep or a really good study session. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you're looking into like more like the industrial side, there's a Pig and Bass Communion, and they actually did a set together that you can watch on YouTube. Bass Communion is um, is uh, uh, Stephen Wilson's side project, his kind of ambient drone electronic music thing that he does that's really cool. You can't find any of it on Spotify, but a lot of it's on YouTube. Um, and so, yeah, definitely give that a shot. Um, and then I a lot as far as like some of the other music that we've talked about, um, you know, trance and electronic experimental stuff that I'll just throw on the playlist so I don't bore you more. But um, 
yeah i mean there's gonna be so much good music on that playlist definitely give that one a listen 100 percent. and uh cam we'll just go in kind of the order here what are some of the additional picks that you'd like to throw in relating to bt you can go all over the place um yeah <laughs> I mean, that's really the thing he's worked with like True. britney spears um you know how about uh paul van dyke yeah if, you know if you want to go back to that kind of late 90s uh trance mm-hmm. um i think those two are you know kind of two peas in a pod so yeah I think we mentioned yeah. a couple of other good, like, rele- relevant Definitely. Uh, artists. Chemical Brothers, I would say, is yep. a really big one. Um, Moby, uh, Fatboy yeah. Slim, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> right. You can you can go down a hole with that breakbeat stuff, but... Yep. Yeah. It'll be in the playlist, I'm sure. We'll, yep. we'll, we'll throw it all in there. Uh, well, guys, that's going to conclude this episode. And... Be sure to check out our um, our mini episodes that are coming up. We'll have another one next week. Kind of just talk about music in the scene right now, as well as just things. That I, I know for me, it's just kind of some stuff that I've been listening to or some of my favorite things surrounding whatever it is um, that is on my mind. Uh, and we, we want to encourage you to follow us on our social media, which is average joe or avg music show uh or avg joe music show on twitter instagram we also have a facebook page um and yeah give us a follow on there to keep posted on some of our picks throughout the week or also just music news updates especially on twitter um we're really trying to keep as frequent as we can on there um and Our next episode is going to be a lot of fun. It will be open forum. So we're just going to have at have at it. It's something that we think anybody should check out. And I am really excited for that one and see what comes out of that. And uh, yeah, with that, we'll close out the show and uh, yeah, have a good week. You guys we will catch you on the next one.